0: He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. He was one of our original pilot customers. They operate over 100 homes and six markets. um, And they've had a lot of success, especially pre-pandemic, I'd say, because people were more willing to travel to different destinations because they operate in New Orleans, Savannah. Uh, Austin Texas is a market they launched Scottsdale Um, so they've emailed their you know hey you stayed with us in Boston or you stayed with us in Savannah we just launched Scottsdale look at our amazing homes here and people love their experience because their brand's all about large homes for adult groups Um, so they have lists of you know the eight ten friends that stayed in this home they email out they get a lot of bookings for their new destination because people are like, hey, I love the heirloom home in Savannah. I'm gonna stay at the heirloom home in Scottsdale. Um, So you can really be any size and have success with direct bookings uh, because it's so easy to launch a direct booking website these days. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform.
1: Staring down the barrel of a 60% permanent closure rate, it's time to fix what's broken. It's time to change the game. The hospitality industry is at a pivotal point. And it's become painfully obvious that business acumen and strategic planning will matter just as much as resilience. There's no shortage of resources ranging from how to apply for loans to how to negotiate with your landlord. But at some point, we will turn our sights towards the future. And when that time comes, we'll need tools and strategies to thrive, not just survive. In the hospitality industry, we fix our own problems. This is no different. We've created a group called the Hospitality Game Changers. It's on Facebook, a platform you already use daily. It's a space just for us, where we're tackling the most difficult issues, facing our industry and creating solutions. It's updated daily with the most compelling audio, written and video content. To make sure you're plugged into what's going on today and what can help us tomorrow is quick and easy and free to join just log into facebook and search hospitality game changers in the search bar and you all set. we can't change the cards that we are dealt but we can change how we play the game
0: He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Will Slickers. Today, we have another special guest. I'd like to welcome uh, Arthur for joining me on the show. He is the CEO and founder of StayFi. If you haven't heard of them, you're about to hear it. So get ready because it's good, some good stuff here. So, Arthur, how are you doing, my friend?
0: I'm good. How are you, Will?
1: Living the dream, living the dream. You know, we're doing Zoom meetings back to back to back, and it's always fun. So it's glad to have like you on, and uh, pretty sure you feel the pain.
0: <laughs> so life's just everything's remote these days, and uh, making it work. So, exactly.
1: Well, hey, man. So, I want to jump into the meat of the episode who are you, what is your background, and how did you get to you know, creating StayFi and what it is today?
0: Yeah, so my background is primarily in digital marketing and branding, and I've worked with all sorts of different types of companies over the course of my career, healthcare, payments, hospitality... And the way that I started StayFi is I was running my own digital marketing agency, and we happen to have a lot of clients in the short-term rental space. And as I'm sure a lot of your listeners are aware, if they work in short-term rentals, it's really hard to capture guest data uh, when you run an Airbnb or a VRBO or a portfolio of short-term rentals, because those companies don't want to share data with you. Um, so a lot of our customers had that issue and, you know, that's why we started StayFi is to really solve that problem of guest data collection for short-term rental companies.
1: That's great. And so what is StayFi exactly? Like, it, so you capture guest data, but how do you do that? What is the overall product and, and purpose of StayFi?
0: Yeah, so we looked at a bunch of different ways to capture guest information And what we settled on as the best way is through captive Wi-Fi splash pages. So just like when you're at an airport, coffee shop, hotel, where when you select the guest network, a branded splash page launches on your phone, computer, tablet, uh, we developed technology to make that work in vacation rentals. So all the guests in a vacation rental um, have to enter in their name, email, phone number in order to access the Wi-Fi network
1: interesting so pretty,
0: so, pretty straightforward
1: yeah it's straightforward but i'm not like a, I, i'm good at using tech but creating tech that's a whole new that's a whole new ball game so yeah um obviously having a a digital uh media agency uh probably helped a ton you probably had some developers or access to developers um what yep. was the i guess um explain maybe to me in the audience just on like some successes with the starting of this, and then also some hurdles you guys had to overcome to really get this to be a um, you know viable product that that works and and is sought out
0: for. Yeah, so we've been operating for almost two years now, um, so it's been it's been a good amount of time, and we've grown a lot and learned a lot during that time. You know, I think we took the approach. I don't know if you're familiar with like or your audience with an MVP, a minimally viable product, so. You know, whenever you're starting, a, or at least my philosophy is when you're starting a technology or software business, you need to identify what is the core set of features that allow me to bring this product to market and sell it. So, you know, for us, that was a very simple captive guest portal that we would create for customers ourselves. And, you know, we found a technology partner in the Wi-Fi hardware space An initial one that we partnered with although now we've changed that so we've learned a lot but so you know we had uh, some pilot customers that we had been working with they agreed they wanted us to develop the solution for them so we kind of had customers pre-baked and so we developed what we would consider the mvp version for those few customers so that's how we really got started was with a few pilot customers developing you know, a piece of software where there was no customer portal, no user interface, we just programmed splash pages for them and deployed them with our hardware partner. And then as time goes on, you you add more features, you develop more things to make it user-friendly, and kind of the product keeps growing from there uh, iteratively.
1: Yeah. Well, and so this is actually a device too. It's not just a splash page. You actually have to plug in a legit,
0: like, router and other things like that. Yeah, so the device is called an access point. Uh, and you we kind of think of it as you have the most vacation rentals 95%, they're going to have a router from a internet service provider, Comcast, yeah, you know, whoever it happens to be where you're located, and those have four ports typically on the back and you just plug our device into the back of the router and you can think of it as broadcasting a parallel guest network in the home. So a lot of our rental managers, you know, they are managing homes for homeowners so homeowners have their own wi-fi setup they might have tvs door locks whatever it takes to run the vacation rental you can think of our device and our network as just running in parallel separately and it's just something that you tell guests to use during the stay Um, and then it will give them all those splash page features and data collection that our customers want
1: no, awesome. And so is this really for the overall independent? Because you guys specifically target vacation rentals, right? No hotels, and yep. no restaurants. Um, so is is this specifically for whole home rental operators or can this be used in multifamily cases as well?
0: Yeah, so I'll talk first about hotels and restaurants. So our product, you could use it in those settings, um, but there are very good guest Wi-Fi companies that have spent years specialized in those verticals. And they have all sorts of features that are uniquely good for hotels, whether that's the hardware, the software, how you set it up and same with restaurants. There's some really interesting solutions out there for restaurants and cafes. So we wanted to also take a very vertical specific approach where all the tech, the setup, the hardware is all gonna align with the needs of short-term rental operators. Um, And then in terms of single home and multifamily, we have customers from both sides. Um, And one of the nice things about the hardware we use is it's a mesh network. So all the access points in the network know how to talk to each other. So if you're operating multifamily, uh, all the access points will mesh automatically and create a building-wide network, not just networks in the individual units. There's all sorts of nifty things you can do to save on Wi-Fi costs, internet costs, when you have a multifamily structure that we've helped our customers achieve.
1: Yeah, so like the Saunders of the world can not have to worry about having one in every single room. It can be literally spread out throughout the property and still collect the same data as if it were.
0: Yeah, the good thing for master lease companies is a lot of them are paying the internet costs, unlike Mm -hmm. in the homeowner setting, where the homeowners, each one has their own subscription plan with the ISP. Um, So if you think about a building with five or 10 units, you can actually place, you would want to still place an access point in every unit, but you only would pay for internet in half of them. And half of them would repeat the signal automatically by meshing with the next door unit. Um, So a lot of our master lease customers have success cutting their internet expenditure by 30 to 50%, just depending on how the building or set of townhomes even is set up.
1: Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a really good point. Um, You know, it's important to capture data, but you also got to make sure you're running at a profitable cost too. So, yeah. um, and I think this is going to be an obvious answer to the question. And some of the audience members will probably be like, okay, I already kind of got that point. But why is it so important to capture this guest data? Because I don't, uh, I know you and I are both big advocates of the book direct movement and getting yep. Um, getting able to control how you operate your business versus letting an OTA um, really run run the 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 rodeo or whatever you want to call it, uh, run the show. So um, let's kind of talk about like why this solution really goes into that that movement of booking direct and what to do with guest you know guest data that you do collect.
0: Yes, yeah, so I say what what we see and what our customers see is they already have the experience of seeing. People book with them multiple times through an OTA, so they know in their gut there is repeat customer behavior, but they don't have a lot of control over it. Um, and the other thing is they know there's always a risk. You know, next time this customer comes back to this destination and they go in an OTA, maybe they'll book with me, maybe they'll book with my competitor, and I don't really have any insight into that process. So it's vital for short-term rental operators to know who all their guests are, and to collect that information. And we're going even one step further because the OTA, whoever it is, they know who the booker is. They know their email, phone number. Um, They don't wanna share it with the rental operator, obviously, because they view that person as their customer, but they don't even know who the other five, six, 10 guests are staying in the property. Um, So we're really the first solution that automates the collection of the entire guest party's data. And then we can talk more about all the different things you can do with that information, uh, but definitely collecting it is part one, to kind of building out your database of you know reliable guests that you want to come stay with you, and then that database also serves other parts of your business. Whether you want to get more homes in your rental program, it gives you a leg up over your competitors. You know, you're going to a homeowner and saying, hey, you know we're not just competing on price. I'm bringing 10,000 reliable guests to the table that XYZ competitor is not. And then a lot of our customers also have traditional real estate businesses. And these are all great leads to also do home sales and then operate their properties as rentals. Um, so Smart. guest information can be used in so many different ways to really build out the longevity and you know reliability of your business without being dependent on uh, third-party booking engines.
1: Yeah. And I'll say, I think we've gotten too reliant on automating our business in the short-term rental industry. So we automate, we're getting bookings, we're relying on all these OTAs, but we're not really doing anything with the data. We're not executing. We're not thinking like a hotel does, right? They, I, I think of hotels because I you know have a background in hotels, but really focusing on getting the information upon checking at least, you know, making sure that their phone numbers are correct, making sure the emails are fine, making sure all this stuff is right. So that way you can remarket to them and create a marketing plan off of this data. There's no point of me having everyone check in and not doing anything with it. I need to create, you know, email campaigns and special offers and, you know, all these other things. And I can't do that when I'm sending out to phony uh, OTA. Emails that come in as guest at so and so or booking or Expedia or Airbnb.com, you know, like that, that's going to do nothing because it's going to go right back to my junk.
0: Yeah. And I think people need to take a step back and just think about why do you want an independent brand, right? Like I see operators that they just use, you know, one or two OTAs and they don't have a brand or a direct booking website. Um, And I think, you know, people, sometimes they they underestimate the value of having a brand and why it's important to help guests understand what you're all about. You know, there's a reason why if you go to, you know, a drugstore, brand Tylenol costs more than generic Tylenol, even though it's exactly the same thing. You know, people are willing to pay more for something, even if it's the same product, if they intrinsically trust the brand. Um, So if you are putting all the effort in to create this great experience for guests and they booked through an OTA and came to your property, if they love the experience, they're going to want to come back and book with you again, because every time you go back to the OTA, it's going to be a crapshoot because people know like, are the pictures going to be accurate? Are the reviews legit? But once they know you, they love the experience and the destination. Next time they come back, they're going to want to guarantee that they're going to get that same experience and plus for them is they don't have to pay OTA fees which you know are going to shift between the booker and the management company I mean like there's going to be a big percentage taken out as we, they're going to keep moving it yeah. between different sides it's going to change um, but it's definitely advantageous to every party when you get the direct booking.
1: Yeah. And I was gonna say, I'm guilty of that. I buy Advil over any other ibuprofen or anything else. Like, so that's just brand is underestimated in the vacation rental industry. Can you kind of dive into what your customers have seen with the, you know, the benefits and perks of actually focusing on this, the shift instead of relying on OTAs, but really creating a personal brand with, with their company, whether it's one or multiple properties?
0: Yeah. I mean, the thing is with, you know, you can be successful with a branded property with just one, you don't need to have a huge portfolio. Um, so I'll give two examples, like one very small and one very large. So we have a customer in Michigan and I believe South Haven and they have two properties um, and they use our service and they're a driving destination. And they get, especially at this time, they've gotten you know, their book completely full and they have multiple adults staying in their booking. And they just created a very simple branded website through their property management system, which any property management system now that's decent will allow you to launch a direct booking portal. You can hire a freelancer on Upwork or Fiverr or whatever, and they can make you a logo and some brand identity, you know, collateral for 50 or hundred or 200 bucks. Like it's not hard to do these days. And you know, once you have that website, um, then you just you know, once you collect the data, you can send people simple text emails. Even it doesn't have to be a fancy Mailchimp template, and just be like, "Hey, so and so, you know, thanks for staying in our property. Just a heads up, you know, we see that you love coming to this destination. Next time, just email me directly, and I'll send you a link to our website to book again." And, you know, they've already seen a considerable number of conversions from people that, you know, even during the stay have emailed them back and said, hey, I want to book this house again because I love it. And I don't want to risk going back to XYZ OTA and booking a whatever home um, where I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to get. Um, so you can be tiny like that and get a lot of success. And then, you know, another example is one of our first customers, Heirloom. Who is one of our original pilot customers? They operate over 100 homes in six markets. Um, and they've had a lot of success, especially pre pandemic, I'd say, because people were more willing to travel to different destinations because they operate in New Orleans, Savannah, uh, Austin, Texas is a market they launched, Scottsdale. Um, so they've emailed their, you know, hey, you stayed with us in Boston or you stayed with us in Savannah, we just launched Scottsdale look at our amazing homes here, and people love their experience because their brand's all about large homes for adult groups. Um, so they have lists of you know, the eight, 10 friends that stayed in this home, they email out, they get a lot of bookings for their new destination because people are like, hey, I love the heirloom home in Savannah, I'm gonna stay at the heirloom home in Scottsdale. Um, so you can really be any size and have success with direct bookings uh, because it's so easy to launch a direct booking website these days.
1: Yeah, and I, I want to make a comment. Is that Mike and Melissa that have yes. the South Haven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah I know Mike and Melissa. They're great, and yeah, yeah. so that's great. That's that's too funny. Small world, small exactly. world. This industry is. Well, yeah, and I think like you said, you just make a good point. People are going to trust that brand when you go to the grocery store. Or the all that's branded versus the non, they're going to most likely. I would say nine eight times out of ten, they're going to go with that, versus the non brand and the the non loyal.
0: Especially this, these are big purchases. You know, it's not just price is really important. A lot of you know OTAs make it very price driven, but like if you're booking a house for your family or your group of friends, you know, it's it's a big thing to commit to like seven five days staying somewhere. Um, So if you know the company, know they do a good job, um, you're gonna want to book with them again. So. You know, if you're confident about your brand and your guest experience, then, you know, there's no reason why you wouldn't want to push direct bookings because you're going to have people that want to come stay with you again and you just make it easier for them. And often through some OTAs less expensive, if there's not a bunch of fees tacked on for from the OTA as well.
1: Yeah, agreed. And this is going to be the biggest shift I think we're going to see, especially with COVID is that, um, you know, a lot of things happened in April and in, in March um, with OTAs and, cancellations and bookings and a lot of it just it was a it was a nightmare it was a nightmare for a lot of hosts and a lot of managers um i think now hopefully um during this time and after this time we'll see this to be a continuing trend of people really taking control of that business because at the end of the day this is what's going to sustain the industry um in my opinion but obviously i'm not with a big big ota so um
0: it's I mean, even for our customers that have, like we have a customer that she just went off OTAs because right now there's so much demand. She's hundred percent direct, but she knows that when things change and there's hotels are more competitive again, she'll be back in OTAs. And so they're always going to be a part of the mix. You know, think about hotels. They have loyalty programs. They're in OTAs. They're really segmenting for different customers with how they do pricing It's obviously like at a level of revenue management that most vacation rental managers are not going to achieve, or frankly, probably shouldn't because they're not of that size. Even for our customers that get 90, 80% of their bookings direct, uh, OTAs are a great lead gen source. More demand means higher prices. The more demand you're pushing in, the higher you can raise your prices, right? Um, So the key thing is, you know, those OTAs, you're paying for those leads, they're coming and staying with you, you know, it's on you to collect the data and make sure they come back and book direct. Because if you don't make any effort or introduce your brand, uh, it's not going to happen. And I that yeah. brings up just one other really important point is, you know, when you book a hotel on an OTA, you know what hotel you booked. And even if it's one of those weird ones where you like get the secret hotel, you definitely know what hotel you book when you arrive there, right? Um, Because there's a big sign, that's very clear. With vacation rentals, some people have some limited signage, but it's pretty rare. People still say I booked an Airbnb or less I booked. Even people that book on VRBO, I think say that they booked an Airbnb, I'm pretty sure. Um, So without a lot of branding opportunities, the Wi-Fi splash page is kind of the easiest way to get in front of every guest and just say, hey, by the way, this is the management company and we're the ones that are responsible for your great experience. You know, Airbnb doesn't clean the house, manage the home, decorate it, decide what linens to use, right? That's all mm-hmm. you. So you should take credit for that and um, put your brand in front of the guest um, so that they know how to contact you directly in the future.
1: I couldn't agree more. And I just recently had a conversation with Andrew McConnell, the CEO of Rented, uh, talking about uh, going into reference with your your client that has all directs, she turned off OTAs. Um, we were talking about how Airbnb switched, you know, their uh you know, uh fee model from split between guest and host to to now all host. And we're talking about how OTAs, you know, the reliance on them is is pretty bad. But to see like for your your or your client's a perfect example because she turned them all off. And what she's doing is she is relying now 100% direct, which is great. That's the way it should be. But when that time comes, when she does have open and occupancy that needs to be filled, that's when OTAs are used because they do have a market. And like you made a good point, like they're always going to be in the mix, but they should be in the mix to fill the gap, not be the whole whole uh, complete package.
0: Exactly, yeah. So, and, yeah. you know, we have customers that start with us at 100% OTA, and mm-hmm. they launch their website, they install our service, and they're moving to 5 to 10% to book direct, and those are their goals, and then we have people that are a lot further along, um, you know, and just, you know, in terms of those direct booking websites, you know, it's just getting them visible on search, it's going to take a long time, you know, mm-hmm. because you're competing with OTAs, so, you know, we want to think that SEO is going to be the easy solution, but that's going to take a long time to build up the backlinks, the credibility. It's definitely achievable, especially people that operate like single markets where they are like X market vacation rental. You know, we see those get onto like the first page of organic search results and are pretty competitive with OTAs. Um, But if you're just starting out, your existing pool of bookers is gonna be a lot better place to spend time mining for repeat, bookings as opposed to trying to go fight the war in Google, which is an important war, but it's a very long one. And it takes a lot of investment and time to, to get success there.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you use the word war. It's not a battle. It's a legit war (laughs) because battles win wars, but this is a war (laughs) um, with, with that whole SEO segment. So that's, that's a good way to put it. Well, um, Arthur, it's been really great chatting and for all the listeners, after you listen to this episode, check out the Slick Talk website because we're going to have a pretty, pretty brief demonstration of what this whole system and platform looks like with StayFi and how it really works. And if you're a visual person like me, it's really key. So go ahead, make sure you check out, I'll link it in the show notes as well. But um, you guys should also check out StayFi anyways. So just do it. It's like Nike says, you know, just do it. Um, Arthur, any final thoughts you would like to leave the the listeners with maybe that they can take away and apply directly to their business?
0: yeah the one the one thing that I remind people is you know, no matter what your you know, stage is, just don't forget about you know a lot of people only think about the booker. think about the the whole reservation um, and all the people that are staying in your properties and look at all of them as opportunities to. Sell services, valuable add-ons, rebookings, um, because you know that's going to really be what accelerates your business in terms of building a really great stable of repeat customers and business, and that's going to what makes your business sustainable.
1: Awesome! Great. Great stuff. Great wise words. Thank you for being on the show. Slick Talkers, tune in next week. We'll make sure that you have all this information. Check out the website and, of course, the show notes below.
0: Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcast.
1: What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast, then you are amazing, and thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast.